And the Word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory as of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to Him and cried out, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. Merry Christmas! Ah, there's no pulling the wool over your eyes. It's 105. It's July. And yet, if you will remember, back during Advent in the Christmas season, I emphasized how important this incarnation, the baby born in the manger, is to our Christmas story. I said, so often it is that we want to jump to the crucifixion and we miss the meaning of the Christmas story. And if we don't get the beginning right, we're likely to misunderstand a lot that follows. I told you... We would come back to the Incarnation, and here we are, so Merry Christmas. And this passage in John is helpful to us because it doesn't just tell the Christmas story, which we all know the Christmas story pretty well, but it also helps us get at the meaning of the Christmas story. And that's what we want to get at today. What does this have to say to us about our lives in Jesus Christ? What is it saying to us for how we want to live here and now? And it says to us, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. What's important here? Word, flesh, dwelt. Now, when we look at word, when you take the Greek word here, you and I, we think about a word. We think about umbrella. We think about uh, monsoon. But, but in Greek, it doesn't really mean here is a word. It really means something like discourse. It means something like conversation. It's like saying, okay, God is going to put a conversation in this one, Jesus, that you can have a conversation with him. It's a way of saying that, that you know, uh, let the wisdom and the teaching of God come to you in Jesus Christ. And, and in many ways, this is the most effective way that God could communicate with us. By bringing God's Word into Jesus, the Word is something that we can now have a conversation with. And when we realize that God's Word becomes flesh in Jesus, in this one really unique moment, then 
this is where I will always say to us, look, not everything in the Bible is equally weighted. Because if God puts God's word in this one Jesus Christ, what Jesus has to say carries the most weight. What Jesus has to say is the teaching that we're going to listen to as Christians. What Jesus has to say is the bottom line. So if somebody says to you, here's Leviticus, somebody says to you, here's Revelation, you say, and what does Jesus, the Word, become flesh, have to say? But here's the other thing. You know, some people then say, well, the Word in Jesus... You know, it's like A, B, and C, one, two, and three. Here it is, just plain as day. And I always say to you, what? Uh Uh-huh, and Jesus talks in stories and parables, which is intended not to give us the bottom line, but to make us think more and to enter more into that conversation with the living God. You know, some people want it to be like this. They, uh, you know, uh, you've all had this experience where you, you buy something and, and then assembly required. And so you pull out the pieces and parts and you pull out the instructions. And you want the instructions to go A, put widget A, in widget B. But usually these days the instructions are more like someone in China wrote them. So you pull everything out and it says, put part A in part B until it forms a chicken. You're saying, until it forms a chicken? And then you're pulling out the pieces, you're getting the instructions, you're looking at the pictures, you say, honey, come here. Does this look like a chicken to you? And then you two start to argue about it, right? Well, no, it looks more like a rooster to me. Because you have to figure it out. And that's what Jesus' word is always trying to do. It doesn't, yeah, there are some things that are plain. Love God, love neighbor. Until you start to think about it, what does it really mean to love God and love my neighbor? Am I doing it right? So that's the point of the word is to get us to enter into a conversation. We should always, in our spiritual lives, be saying, God, do I understand this right? God, do I have your story right? Oh, Lord, am I hearing this right? Am I reading this part of the scripture right? Lord, show me more. I want to have a conversation with you. So the first thing is to really understand what it means that God put the word into Jesus. Yeah, look to Jesus. But remember, there's a little bit of ambiguity in that. And it's intended for us to be in conversation with the living God across our lives. We never master this thing called the faith. Then we come to the fact that the Word became flesh. Now, of course, the Greek word here is intended to say Jesus really and truly is a human being. You know, there were a lot of Christians along the way who said Jesus just appeared to be a human. Nope, he actually took on human flesh. Here's the interesting thing, though. Have you ever thought about this? God could have taken on flesh in an adult. God could have made Jesus to be an adult who came walking out of the wilderness. God didn't have to come to us as a baby. Did you ever think about that? We know God did, but but God wasn't under some, you know, requirement to show up as a baby. Unless, of course, 
there's something really important about the fact that God chooses to show up to us as a baby. The first thing that God tells us in coming to us as a baby is that this is about the gift of love, an unconditional love, no strings attached kind of love. Why? Because, you know what, a baby doesn't come with judgment. Oh, mommy, I don't, I don't like that. No, a baby doesn't come with the knowledge of sin. Oh, you are a sinful daddy. No, a baby doesn't have any of these kinds of concepts that we use to judge people and divide people. A baby just comes to love and be cared for. The message of God in coming to us as a baby is this message of love me, care for me, and I will do the same for you. The message is we are in this together. And really, if you think about the ancient world, the whole village took care of the baby. We were all in relationship. We loved and nurtured and cared for as if God is saying, here I am, love me, care for me, nurture me, let's be in relationship. This is the name of the game. Love. And unconditionally, all the strings we attach, they come later. But as a baby, nope, it's just love. Uh, remember, Jesus says you need to become like one of these little ones. Set aside that judgment. Set aside all that sin stuff and get right down to it. This unconditional love. Learn to love. You've got a lot of the, of the Jesus story here. Then comes this other really interesting thing. Have you ever thought about this? When God comes to us as a baby... There are no words. Wait a minute. The word becomes flesh and can't talk? Exactly. And what does that then tell us? It probably says you've got to learn to live the life before you do the talking. Right? Learn how to love. Learn how to uh, be compassionate and kind toward others. Learn how to live the life that God is asking us to live. Be in relationship with others. Do the things that you ought to do to show your love. And then guess what? Then go ahead and use the words when you get a little bit further down the path. You know, too many Christians have it the other way around. They're all about the talking, talk, 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 and they're not about the living. And it's as if God coming as a baby says, now live the life first, use words if you need to, but that's okay. And then there's a third thing that we see in this baby. And you all know it. You look at a baby and it's just got nothing but potential before it. Right? You, you think about all the things it will do and all the things it will be and all, all the places it will go. And it's a way of saying that God not only respects but has created us to grow and change and experience. And somewhere along the line, too many Christians get the notion that we've got it and we're not going to do anything differently ever. We like it right the way it is as it is. Not necessarily all of you. You're pretty good about some changes. But, but 
we human beings, we like to put the reins on life. And guess what? All of us are getting older. I'm sorry. It just is a basic principle of human life. God knows it. God reinforces it and says, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, then, then what I'm telling you is that you're going to grow and change your whole life long. Can you embrace can you embrace that this Jesus is going to grow and change his whole life long? You see, so in this baby, God's message already is you've got to learn to love and be in relationship. You've got to live the life before you start jabbering away about it. And lastly, you've got to grow. Uh, you may have noticed at times that I kind of push you out of your comfort zone. Let's have Christmas in July. Or do something that's a little bit different. Why? Because it's how we grow, and to grow is to follow Jesus. And this brings me to that last thing, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, if I uh, turn to Patty, and I won't embarrass her, but I said, what does the Greek word here mean? She will remember and say to me, it means pitched. A tent among us. The Greek word literally means that the word became flesh and pitched a tent among us. Now, you all know I was hiking in the mountains last week, and yes, it was 50 at night and, and no more than 80 in the day. It was just gorgeous. But the thing is, when I would go up to the North Crestone Trail to hike, you know, at the trailhead there were all these campsites where people have pitched their tents. And the thing about a tent is this. You know, if this person is, is camped right there by the trailhead, but they decide, no, I want to go up to the lake at 12,000 feet, all they have to do is pull up a few stakes, maybe a little trickier than that, but, and, but pack up their tent and their bag and off they go. They take it with them where they go. You see, when God pitches a tent... Right here with us, God is saying, I'm with you. I'm right beside you. I go where you go. In fact, you know, if you think about it, a tent says, I will give you some shelter from the storm. I will invite you in to have a s'more with me. Uh, we have to go in the tent. We have to be willing to hang around the campfire with God. But God is saying, I am right here with you. I pitched my tent among you. I will go where you go and I will provide you with shelter from the storm. I will sit with you and be your God. Pitched a tent. Now, here's the interesting thing. When we look at this incarnation, when we look at the meaning of the baby born, we already have right there most of what we push off to the crucifixion. We already have a God who said, before God said, this is my body given for you, God said, this is my body given for you. And in this case, what I ask is for you to love and care for me. And I'll do the same. We have a God who, in pitching a tent, says to us, I am with you. You have direct access to me. But, but then in the crucifixion, because we keep saying, no, we don't like what you're saying, God. Nope, man, that word threatens us. Nope, we don't like that one either. 
then there are people who are like, you got to keep that curtain in place. You know, how many times do we want to pull the curtain back and keep people away from God because they're not worthy or they're not holy? And what happens at the crucifixion? Okay, we're going to have to tear that curtain of the temple so that people can have access to God. God already said that. I pitched my tent right here with you. God's unconditional love... God's gift of salvation is already shown to us, revealed to us in the Incarnation. And I'll say one more thing that some of you will go, uh uh-uh, no way. And some of you will go, wait a minute, what's that? And some of you will just go, whatever. And that is, when we talk about the crucifixion as the atonement, the at-one-ment, the reconciliation of God and human beings, don't Never forget that in the Incarnation, God took on human flesh and reconciled Himself to us. It all begins with the birth of the baby. The rest of the story, you know, it says a lot about us. But God has shown us in the Incarnation everything we need to know for our salvation. And so, I say to you again today, Merry Christmas! And a Happy New Year. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.